Hurry into Mattress Firm's best Memorial Day sale ever. Get a king bed for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin and save up to $500 on Sealy. Plus, get a free adjustable base with qualifying Sealy purchases up to a $499 value. Or shop Tempur-Pedic, the most highly recommended bed in America, and save up to $500 on adjustable mattress sets in stock for immediate delivery. And get a $300 instant gift. Talk to a sleep expert today. Only a Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details. Critics are raving about Top Gun Maverick. Here we go. It's a soaring achievement and everything you want in a movie. No turning back now. See it on the biggest screen possible. Tom Cruise, Top Gun Maverick, rated PG-13. Hi there, I'm Adam Kibas, and this is my novel, Life Choices. Frederick Mullen is on his way. He's heading to the post office. He he's wearing his suit, the very suit he had applied in the past for jobs, but was rejected. But now with Thomas Duncan in prison, Frederick Malham has made up his mind that something is going to change. Now everything comes to con- conclusion the bill is due Frederick Jason and Cliff Benderfield had concocted a plan how to get rid of an adversary someone they thought who is in their way or in a way is deceptive a criminal This is how they see Thomas Duncan. And they, they alone, they will bring just this. Because like Jason, Frederick too thought that something must be off, that it can't be true, that Thomas Duncan in a way or another is probably a deceptive crook. Therefore, Frederick Malham enters the post office. He wants to apply for the job of Thomas Duncan. There is no use in maintaining a crooked a crook anymore, Frederick is sure of it and he thinks he assumes that people in a way or another will appreciate that that he brings justice that he brings order to the world that he does good and those people who had been deceived all these years by a crook they will be thankful thankful enough to adopt him as one of their own in their midst this is how he assumes it and when he struts into the post office and sees all these people and they are aware of him they see people in the post office eye him they see that he is wearing a one off suit some some old fashion stuff and they see that he is still a little bit of dirty and they assume 
because of the recent crisis. They assume that this is probably a homeless guy or someone who tries to deceive the post office will probably claim that he did not receive his welfare check or that he was the that that his friend or his family sent him money and he didn't get any these are the games and gambles many take and people in the post office they are well aware of these jokes and they some sort of condoned it they do not act harshly because this would throw a bad light on them the post office which is in a way almost about to become obsolete by all these other giant retailers like amazon and so they in a way need to be need to have a protection a protection which in a way protects them saves them from a nasty competition they think they will not survive therefore they want to appeal to the average man to the ordinary citizen the average american they don't want to be perceived as as people who are above their means who are arrogant or what have you just the americans should just think and assume that they need people from the post office that the post office is indispensable and this notion led to a certain change in the demeanor of many people who work in the post office that they some sort of out of fear for their job out of fear that they could be done away with could be get rid of by those giant retailers who mostly rely on ai on robots to do their work they of course want to and they of, of course humans and this is more than human they became desperate people you could become unemployed you could be done away with and what then what comes next so this is some sort of the general demeanor and when frederick walks in to the post office some sigh some sigh because they again have to pretend and exchange nicities they have to put on a smiling face because they assume that everyone who has been chided or has been treated roughly by a police by a office by a post office official that this person would immediately run out and tell the world and then 
one would read it all over the all over social media that the post office that the people who work at the post office they are racist they are bigots what have you and this happened in the past and everyone is well aware of aware of it and employees have have been trained to be more as the term goes humanly to, to be more social and to be approachable because this is what people or the average American or the average uneducated or or the average uh, basic educated guy or woman sees the bureaucracy as distant, unapproachable, or the fear, and as well as many, many non-whites, they fear the bureaucracy, they fear this distance, and they some sort of a perceive a gap, a gap between them and the official, and this gap is mostly interpreted, interpreted as a gap between the state and the individual. Therefore, people, especially post office employee, have been reprimanded and advised to act more socially, more with a smile, even though it is wrong, even though it is not, not in their hearts, because you cannot smile 24-7. However, there was never any talk about that you should enjoy your work or that you, or that it would come natural. That if you are an employee, a post office employee, that it would come natural that you smile all day long and that you feel joyous despite the fact that on many people's, on many post office officials in their applications, they wrote that they would be very social, that they would be fun loving and easy going. Indeed, no one would have employed them if they would have said that they are not social, that they actually hate being around other people. This is not how business works. So they sold a certain kind of perception of them, how they wanted to be perceived and how these things are, are being approved by society. This is what everything turns around. So not only it is about appearance, it is rather about social etiquette. Everyone has to go along with in order to be recognized as someone worth 
worth being around with. Indeed, Frederick Malham, he didn't know anything about this social etiquette. He, had, he hadn't learned it. He, he hadn't learned it. But yet he was woke. But yet he is strutting confidently into the post office. He is sure that this, this is his chance. He walks in to the office of Frank Reynolds. Well, Frank Reynolds is the head of the local post department where Frederick Duncan has been working before he was thrown into jail without any cause. However, F Frank Reynolds, he is the head of the local post office, but he is not his, he does not employ new employees. Employees. For a matter of fact, he doesn't even know the names of his employees because Frederick, and this is what Frederick does not know, because Frank Reynolds got his job due to party affiliation, due to political party affiliations. This is how these things work because because especially and this starts with a department head or with a head of a, a department if you want to rise higher than the head of a department you need to have some connections connections not only in the sense that you have to have wealth and you have to have wealthy friends yeah partially but it is as well as that you need to have some connections towards other people and connections with other people who might be politically affiliated in one hand so that people do not fear you you could some sort of work your way up and then take over the entire post office then you would have power power in that sense that you could influence and control your employees control in that sense that you could some sort of, sort of sway them or in a way subtly because those things have to be subtle that you could subtly Persuade them. Per persuade them to some sort of follow a certain political affiliation, and the post office has a lot of employees. So you would have power, power as well as in that sense that you could some sort of put in key positions, party affiliates, party affiliates who in return to you and your and their poly, poly, 
political affiliations would support fellow party members or fellow associates. This is the doomsday scenario for many for many people who work in these institutions because the next step would be to take other institutions and then establish yourself within the state. This happened too many times in the past. However, but, however Frank Reynolds He's indeed a down-to-earth guy. He's a nice fellow. You can get along with him well. But he is totally incapable of being, being the head of any company. Not only about the post office, but as well as in any other company. He did not do well. Well... But many say it does not depend on that. It rather depends on how someone is. It is that being a leader would be rather all about being social and how you can deal with other people. Well, no doubt it is very important to be social, but you have to have an eye for business as well. And at least... You have to know how to rule or how to how to lead how to lead your workforce. And Frank, he didn't know anything about that. He should be thankful, and he was thankful. I mean, he, Frank was not blind-sided. He knew that on other circumstances he probably wouldn't have been able to get his job. He's doing fine. But, and because he knew, because he knew that he has to be thankful and that any political change or if the post office would be eaten by those giant retailers, who are only waiting for an opportunity to get on the post office, then Frank, in a way, knows that there wouldn't be, there wouldn't be any place for him, most certainly somewhere else. So he will do everything to defend his positions, but as well as some sort of maintain, maintain, a behavior as well as an attitude of politeness because because this has to do with the notion and the assumption that all those great retailers all those big companies that they do not care about the man that they only want to churn out money and and want to drive in big wins and everything else does not matter and of course in order to protect themselves and, and, and of course in order to 
position themselves, many people in the post office, Frank included, wants to be perceived as human, as friendly, as close to everyone, despite the fr despite the fact that Frank doesn't even know the name of his secretary or whether she's married, whether she has children or what have you. So as a boss, he always becomes personal with everyone. This is known as Frank's trademark. He always talks with you personally. He doesn't use any names. He talks with everyone as if they would have been friends all along. But those who know him, those who know his secret, they know that he can't remember names and the only reason why he talks personally with you because he he doesn't want to make the mistake to speak or address you with a name you which is not yours and therefore when frank saw frederick malham the first time he did not interpose. He, he didn't throw him out at once. He didn't he didn't sneer at him. He didn't yell at him because he assumed from his from Frederick's appearance that this is probably a poor fellow who has in a way or wants to have a shot at something, something big, something everyone wants something everyone craves and Frank had been has been following the news he knows that there are some dire issues that the country is in financial crisis again and that you in a way always wants to be or that you always want to be nice why because Frank in a way still remembers vividly his 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 story class where he was taught by a female French teacher who was a vivid supporter of the French nation and the French nation in a way or another defines itself through the French revolution and this female teacher talked a great deal about the French revolution and why the ancien regime had to be brought down, why those aristocrats lived above their means and they had to be done away with. And this female teacher, they, she even got so far to, to condone the the terror of Robespierre. She said, yeah, well, it was necessary to pave the way for this great French revolution. I mean, the 
terror of Robes Pierre paved the way for uh, for the for Napoleon and then the restoration. However, this French, this female French teacher, she had some inferiority complex about the English culture, and she always liked and even enjoyed France's great past, especially during the First Empire, where Napoleon pretty much ruled Europe. This is what she some sort of could compensate herself with, with being surrounded by the dominant English culture and language. However, Frank and this female teacher sometimes, in a way, vividly, I mean, the, this was really, in a way, sadistic and sometimes even sick, she vividly described how King Louis and Maria Antoinette, his wife, were, were lynched and her head held up. She, I mean, this female teacher was a kind of a sociopath because she was not very liked in the school where Frank went to. And she always imagined that, that when she would have been in, the, in that time where she, where she would have been some sort of a, uh, a member of this revolutionary council in France, she would have probably killed all of those teachers in this school she taught in. So she had, she was a very vengeful woman. However, Frank saw all these pictures and he at first really approved it. He again said, yeah, well, those aristocrats, they had all lived above their means and this all had to come to an end because Frank grew up in modest means. But however, things changed. Things changed when he climbed up the social ladder. And more and more he realized that it could be that he is in a way the new aristocracy or that people could mistake him for as it is being called a stuffed bird. Stuffed bird is a is a term which was coined by German uh, German my my Grants, which just means that uh, a very well-off person, a stuffed bird. And Frank, in a way, feared that he would be perceived as one of those people who live above their means and now with the financial crisis. Who knows, maybe he or his family could be lynched and 
this fear, even though it may assume for some as irrational, because the French Revolution, they were way back and they were all away uh, different circumstances, but who knows, some people might think of it as a chance to take a hit on the wealthy. So this fear led to Frank being more polite, being nice. And when Frederick came in his office, he did not send him away at once. He listened. He listens to the guy and and he listens what Frederick actually tells him. Um, and the first impression of Frederick, this fella who came who came into his office without any prior notice, who who sits in his chair, who smiles smugly. The first impression is one of this cast because because. Frederick walked in there like he had it already. He already has the job. He only has to go in there and say who he was and everything is be, will be come to a conclusion like he thought in the past. And he thought that everyone in a way knew who Thomas Duncan was or is and and that everyone knows that he is a crook and he he and his friends some sort of handcuffed the crook and put him away. This is the misconception which arises from the fact that many uh, that Frederick lived aloof from any social con for so many years or from only a few he had he had only a few social contacts and these were mainly fellow homeless people so when frank so when frederick sits there and talks about himself who he is where he went and what he's want to achieve because Frederick talks about that he is very ambitious, that he will do everything in his power to please everyone, that he is very social, that he is very nice and everyone who knows him knows what a great guy he is. Frederick thinks for a moment he imagines what would happen if he would be called out on that if someone would say yeah well tell me find someone who can verify that you are a good guy of of course only a few or no real boss would ask you that this this wouldn't happen but in a way in in Frederick's mind, this thing, in a way, takes shape. And he thinks about it, whether he could some sort of find enough people, mostly homeless, 
people who could verify that he is a great guy. Frank on the opposite side of Frederick just listens to him. He doesn't say anything. He does not object. At first, Frank didn't even know what this was all about. Maybe it was a joke, but Frank was not really one of the guys who liked jokes, not at least not in his work work place and because Frank doesn't know his workforce, because Frank doesn't know his employees' names and the, and that he thinks of himself and um, and is as well as perceived as as not a very apt leader and a boss. He some sort of takes a distance to his employees so 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 that he is not exposed to their scrutinizing eyes. He he doesn't wanna in Criminate himself as a weak leader, and therefore one smart move is to to take a distance to your emp employees, to some sort of a, some sort of a safe space for you, so that they do not see through you, do not see that they actually would be able to to do your job better, not to mention a woman who would see Frank or who would be around him would immediately notice and would assume that Frank most certainly got his chance or um, got his job because he is a man. However, after a while, Frank grasps that this is real, that he, that that uh, this man, this fellow, who seems to be a drug addict or confused, that this fella means a business, and that he talks about a crook about uh, Duncan. He doesn't know. Frank doesn't know any Duncan. He has never heard of any Duncan. But he some sort of listens to the fella. He pretends that he would be in terrorist in, that he would take in terrorist in what this guy has to tell him and while he pretends to be listening to this man he imagines or thinks or tries to fathom whether this guy has actually any friends whether he could talk to anyone whether he has friends well it might be that he might have friends in the in colleges because Frank has heard that some of some guys especially colleges which are run 
by the left some sort of admit people into their midst even though they do not have any qualification to be in college they just go in there attend courses and listen to what has been said frank heard about this stuff and he was even curious once and wanted to join one of these classes but firstly he didn't know anyone who did so and secondly he actually thought up about it as a rumor because it would be some sort of ludicrous for someone to pay these high tuition fees when he he or she could as well as access college for free so but in a way there was still this fear still this fear of unknown this is very common this fear which either one feels when when they're around people from a different culture a culture they are not familiar with or when they are among among a social group where they do not belong or do not have any affiliations with or if if and this is very common in f- throughout human history this is this generational conflict uh, so so if if there is a younger man or young folk and he and especially in our time young folks some sort of grew up uh, uh, some sort of grow up differently with all these smartphones whatever so this is in a way that you would be looking into a, a different world that you would be looking even into a science fiction novel so frank remains calm he watches him and after a while he grasps that this young man is applying for a job frank's frank sighs in relief because the ordinary procedure for applications is that you firstly do not have to commit to anything that you can refer people always to someone else and especially if you do not want if you do not want to deal with these people so frank listens to frederick here listens that frederick assumes that he is better than this duncan guy that he will do good in his company and that frederick he would be way more sophisticated and that in the end they have to help each other with each other frederick means white folks but with each other frederick means white folks because frank and he are both white 
but but Frank, he doesn't understand what this young man is talking about. We, who is we? Shuts through Frank's mind. What is the? What is this man talking about? And the moment Frank heard this word, we we have to help each other. He assumed that this fellow who applies for a job out of nowhere, who who walked in his office and just sit sat down on a chair, that this fellow actually miss takes him with a bum or someone but he's not sure frank is not sure whether he should some sort of dissolve this issue he's not one of them or whether he should just keep his peace and calm frank decides to keep his mouth shut he assumes that there is no sense in our in our going with this man and the better way is to just just not pretend to be listening and then send him away so after a while frederick has stopped talking frank is still cautious the next words which come out of his mouth are crucial he wanted he wants to be vague this is how you always be in any applications you never fully admit to an applicant whether you reject him or approve him this is not how things are done no rather you want to be wake because there might be a better applicant or if you some sort of want to reject someone you have to be aware of reprisal so and you don't want to associate yourself or that you you would be the sole cause for someone's shattered dreams because these things happen some people they are really in on that these some people they really think about all these issues and think about this one chance uh, about their life chance and they get mean once they once they have been rejected so frank knows these things he is very cautious and careful and he says to frederick that he is pleased with his application and that they are indeed looking for young and ambitious applicants like him frank sees that this flattered Frederick, but that young applicants have to go through a natural procedure. Frederick frowns because natural procedure or organizational procedure 
this is always heavy to digest because this always means that the sieve that he never remains in a sieve so that he, or that he never will be selected and frank notices that frederick gets sad and downcast and he fears again that he could also see it his his misery or perceived or perceived misery with him and then he would be the cause of reprisals so he wants to cheer up this man but i'm but he is very indeed happy and he really appreciates this young man's bravery who who came in to his office and applied for a job in his mind in his mind frank thinks that he probably needs a security guide in front of his office and that this is no way that anyone can just enter and walk in to his office this has to stop frank has made up his mind this is the first and last time whenever someone he doesn't know just enters his office be office because he could be wearing a gun this is the second thought that pops up in frank's mind what if is he what if he is what if he has a gun and if he now rejects him outright would he be shot because this man who is wearing a suit which is way too big for him and looks a bit filthy that this man does not really seem to be someone of a sound mind so he remains calm frank thinks of a way how we can pretend to take in in terrorist in this young man and then he just asks him can i take your name i will refer you personally to to the to the personal manager to the employee manager so that he then will will deal with your application i will note that you are very brave that you are smart you have to be and that you are ambitious and this does the job frederick is flattered frederick is smiling broadly and he some sort of thinks to himself well this has worked out now his life comes to a shape now his life takes shape or oh, this would be very 
placing. Thank you, sir. This is the, what Frederick says to Frank. Oh, not. Do not mention it. We need young, um, ambitious men like you. Frank, in a way, F Frank is pleased with himself. He could deceive this young man and the, and he wants to get him out of his office as soon as possible. And then he gives Frederick a card with a phone number. This is indeed some sort of a fake phone number, but he wants to get him out of his office because more and more now this fear has gripped his mind that this year fella, sir, this person whom he does not know may have indeed a gun or something and that he must leave his office now. Therefore, Frank jots down a phone number and says to that man that he should call there, but not this week because the guy, he invents a name, Mr. Smith. Well, it's not very in genius, but Mr. Smith, he has a lot of work, but next week all these application processes start and there he can phone there and call there and they would indeed be willing to receive his application. Frederick is pleased beyond means. He's sure that this will work out. He takes the card from Frank's hand, thanks him, shakes his hands, and then struts out of his office. Frank watches him leave, and he's thoughtful. He imagines that maybe for the first first time in his life he met someone who actually belongs into a mental asylum and he's scared. Frank looks, as, looks at his hand, the hand with which he shaked that man's hand and he feels dirty. He gets up, walks to the restrooms and washes and washes his hands to wash off the filth. He feels clean again. <laughs>